Like, ride with me if you ride with me, you can slide with me if you feel right. like 550 on the five stick, you can get high with me, that's a deal, right? Ride with me if you ride with me, you can slide with me if you feel like Podcasting again through FaceTime because new restrictions in the state of Michigan, so this is how we're going to do things. Uh, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram, just search Hot Take from the Kitchen. And our email address is hottakefromthekitchen at gmail.com. It is H-O-T-T-A-K-E-F-R-O-M-T-H-E-K-T-C-H-E-N at gmail.com. And no new messages this week. And we still only have two people entered into our drawing. So there's still time to get in that. I don't know when Matt Duffler's coming back on. Hopefully next week. All right. Sounds good, man. All right. I guess we'll get into the hot take topics. And the first one was there was a questionnaire on Twitter about fictitious TV and movie songs. And the last you told me was people. They say the undisputed champion in this is um, Scotty doesn't know. How do you feel? I'm down with it. I've been thinking of fictitious songs, but there aren't too many that I can think of for some reason. Well, the first so, one that popped in my head, had, they disqualified. So the first one that popped in my head was that thing you do. But they said that's actual, that was actually on Billboard, so it doesn't count. Well, if it was... Written for the movie, like you know what I mean. <clears throat> and then the second one that I thought of that I believe is like the I'm my personal choice is uh B Rabbit's rap at the end of A Mile. But I get it, Scotty doesn't know it's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it's probably just for the Matt Damon part, but yeah. It is what it is. And I guess the best TV song was Let's Go to the Mall from How I Met Your Mother. A little Robin Sparkles action? Yeah, I'm alright with that one too. Mm-hmm. So. Alright, well, good job Twitter. Well, the Twitter was on fire today. They brought their A-game today. Well, that's good. I think it was, it was a Monday and there was a, a heavy news cycle, so. Hmm. Well, I still haven't joined Twitter, so I'll just take your word for it. Our second topic is Joe Burrow got hurt yesterday. It, he has a torn ACL and MCL and I guess some other structural damage to his knee. So... He's going to be out for the rest of this year and probably next year, like they were talking. Yeah, there's a, a lot of the, – the Bengals are getting a lot of grief over this. Why? Well, they're saying that um, it's – the NFL has done a very good job of taking care of quarterbacks, like with rules. But they're saying ultimately it's up to the franchise 
should take have the responsibility of taking care of such a, a franchise quarterback, and they, the Bengals didn't do a very good job of their saying. I didn't see the full play, but I saw a little bit of the replay. It looked like he was hit low. So how Well, they're talking more on like if you go stats, like Joe Burrow is one of the most hit quarterbacks of all time. They were bad teams. They're going to have a bad line. Right. I don't know. So they wanted them to just sit them for their year or what? No, they thought that on third and two they should have ran the ball. Instead of having the quarterback take a five-step drop. Whatever. It was the third quarter. They could still win the game somehow. I understand, I though. I mean, it's just an interesting thought. I'm not saying one's right or wrong. I, I think there's some argument to both sides. I can understand your old-school point of view and, like, let them play football and blah, blah, blah. But I also can understand the fact that he's been hit 72 times this year, which is there. he was on pace to set an NFL record. If he really is your franchise and the future, maybe you should do a little bit something. Something. What that is, though, I don't know. You got to get a better line. <laughs> I mean, do you, do you sit him? You know, or do you just go three and out every play and just run the ball and get annihilated? I don't know what that is. So, but it's interesting. No, but it's interesting. So, I mean, um, yeah. All right. Our next topic is Detroit Pistons have made some moves lately in free agency and through trades. And they had three first-round draft picks in last week's draft. And they drafted a point guard, a shooting guard in the center, I believe. And then signed three more centers contracts. So... I don't know what they're doing. The Pistons are wild right now. And we signed Jerry Grant and yeah. Josh Jackson. I just don't understand some of the signings. Jerry Grant going with a mass contract was interesting. Yeah. And Mason Plumley was... Well, they're bringing on the Duke boys for you, I guess. Well, they traded a Duke away, so they had to make it up to me. They bring one of my favorites, but one of my most unfavorite. So it's a very interesting, uh, you know. They're going to try to get you to watch. They should at least trade for JJ. I mean, that would be a start. They could at least go after somebody I like. like Somebody I enjoy watching, like Seth Curry. or. I don't know either. It'll be interesting to see what happens. But why they didn't draft Halliburton, I have no idea. That was interesting. Our next topic is Michigan sucks again. They're lucky to get the win Saturday night. Do you want Urban Meyer as a football coach? No, I don't. But this isn't going to last long for Harbaugh, probably, unfortunately. Unless Cade McManera goes on a run here. He did look good Saturday, but 
that defense isn't doing us any favors. I agree there. Can't go to double overtime with Rutgers. Whatever. And our last topic is the Duke game was canceled. What's Duke's game? The season opener due to COVID. No, it's not Duke that has COVID, it's the team that's playing. And I just don't know how this goes on. It's not. No, and what I mean by that is for teams like Michigan State, Duke, Michigan, these teams that um, are going to have kids that they can put in hotels and like Duke does and are able to do essentially create their own bubble, they're going to be fine. But this team that they're playing, they don't have those resources to do that. So I just don't know how it's going to happen. I just might have to go to conference play, not have out of conference. From that, I have no idea what to do. It's a mess. All right. It works for the NBA to do a bubble, but you probably can't do that with an NCAA, even though that's what they want to do with the tournament. It's just have a bubble in Indianapolis. It'll be interesting to see how that would work. It sounds like a nightmare. But I think what you could do is you would create, like, Eight sites, like L.A., I don't know, just pick the cities, and then you bring eight teams, and then you run the eight-team tournaments out of each place, and then once you get down to the lead eight, then you can have those eight teams, if they all clear, then they all can go to Indianapolis, but taking 64 college basketball teams and putting them all in Indianapolis, something like that just doesn't seem very smart <laughs> in today's world. That's what they want to do. And I guess they have all the sites picked out. It's just interesting to see how they would make it happen. Yeah, I mean, I can see that the only problem is, is like, if you were to keep, you know, them separate, if one school gets sick and then it makes a whole bunch of schools sick, then you still have the other teams that are still able to play. But if, man, if you put all these kids together and, in two or three hotels, and something does happen, now you've really created a problem. So I just. Yeah. And they still got time to figure it out. I'm just not very optimistic on it happening. So. I hope you're wrong. So do I. I know you want to be. We'll, we'll take a break and then we'll come back and talk about what we want to talk about today. It's been hard getting a chance to work out when everything closes so early, and I don't get done working until late at night. Where can I even go to stay in shape? Zen 24-Hour Fitness Center is the place you seek. Whoa, where's that at? It's located at US 23 South in Alpena, across from Kiff Miller's Produce in the Lutz Plaza. Wow, thanks, God. Anytime, bro. 
Zen 24-Hour Fitness Center. For more information, find us on Facebook or call 884-4397. Zen, find peace in your busy life and get a workout when you want it. When I went and got my first day of my master's class done in Detroit, they gave me this test. And this test that we talked about, which we announced today, was an anagram test. And the person that had me do it, um, she said she gives this to any new groups she works with for a period of time as to so everyone can understand each other a little bit better. When I took it, I was actually not where I was now in my life, which has been really interesting. I, I take this routinely and I, have, I keep changing, which is, you know, probably part of whatever. And I've really been interested in seeing it because of COVID. When I first took this, I was at a three, which was an achiever, which kind of made sense because at the time I was trying to get my master's and I was just trying to get through the world and child support and just everything. So I was very much driven and um, whatever. But um, it's we can talk about what I am now here in a second, but there's nine different types of people in this thing once, once you take the test and it's a... Uh, different. We'll put a link to a test to where you can take it. And then the number one is the reformer. Number two is the helper. Number three is the achiever. Number four is the individualist. Five, investigator. Six, a loyalist. Seven, an enthusiast. And number eight, a challenger. And then number nine, a peacemaker. I have been a solid two for quite a, some time now, which is a helper. Why don't you tell our listeners what you are, Brad? When I first took this test earlier in the year, I think I was a six. That's right. Or a loyalist. And I took it today, and now I'm a nine. What I find interesting with yours is the loyalist is committed, security-oriented, engaging, responsible. You are definitely responsible. Anxious. You could be anxious and suspicious. And it's interesting now, almost a year later, easygoing, self-effacing, receptive, reassuring, agreeable, and complacent. Some of those, yeah. Some of them, not. Yeah. I, I don't I, As you agree to it. Yeah. <laughs> a, a complacent agree. That's, a, that's beautiful. So I thought what we would do is we'd talk a little bit about it here. So let's read what the number nine is, and we'll see how you much you can uh, you can um, relate to this. So nines are accepting, trusting, and stable. I feel like that kind of sets you, doesn't it? Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, they usually are creative, optimistic, and supportive, but can be too willing to go along with others to keep the peace. They want everything to go smoothly without conflict, but they can also tend to be complacent. Simplifying problems and minimizing anything that could be upsetting. They typically have problems with inertia and stubbornness. When you're at your best, you're an indomitable, indomitable, sorry, all-embracing, and you're able to bring people together and heal conflicts. That sounds like you. Yeah. I don't know how many conflicts I've healed, but yeah. something so, else, yeah. Basic fear is of a loss or separation. Your basic desire is to have a peace of mind. Do you remember what wing you were? No. 
was an eight or a one. It was a one, wasn't it? It was. Hang on here. I could pull it up. Like a nine one seven or something. Yeah, that's right. So a one is you would be a nine with a one is you're a dreamer, which is interesting. So your key motivations, Bradley, are you want to create harmony in your environment to avoid conflicts and tension, to keep things the way they are and resist whatever would disturb it. Yeah, I can see that. All right, let's see here. Let me get the last little bit here. Uh, quest for an eternal peace. They are ironically typed very much for the spiritual world. Um, they're more grounded in the physical world than their own bodies. Contradiction, contradiction is resolved when we realize that nines are either in touch with their instinctive qualities or have tremendous elemental power or magnetism. Look at you, you son of a gun. Sure, I can go with that. Um, to compensate with being out of touch for their instinctual energies, and it's also a retreat into their minds and their emotional fantasies. I like this. This is why sometimes nines can misidentify themselves as fives or sevens, a head type, or as two or fours, a feeling type. Furthermore, when your energy is out of balance, nines use these energies against themselves, damming up their own power so that everything in their psyche becomes static and inert. When their energy is not used, it stagnates and dams up. When nines are in balance, their instinctive center and energy, however, is like a great river, carrying everything along effortlessly. Ooh, look at this. We have sometimes called the nines the crown of the Enneagram because it is the top symbol. Look at you. And because it is, it, it, it seems to include all of it. Nines have the strengths of the eight, the sense of fun of sevens, the dutiful of sixes, the intellectualisms of fives, the criticisms, creativity of four, attractiveness of three, that is you, generosity of two, and the idealism of a one. However, they do generally not have a sense of inhabiting themselves or their own identity. Interesting. How are you feeling about this so far? So they're saying I'm a universal donor. <laughs> and I am a universal donor. So. All right. So when we talked about you being at your best, you become self-possessed. You feel autonomous and fulfilled. You feel very content and at one. And average, you fear conflicts. You become accommodating and go along with and say the yes to things and fall into conventional expectations and roles. All right, Brad, here we go. The unhealthy stuff. They can become highly repressed, undeveloped, and infectious. You feel incapable of facing problems. You can become a stop, uh, obstinate, obstinate, I can't pronounce it, obstinate, dissociating, dissociate, ugh, dissociating, <laughs> I'm struggling today, disassociating yourself from all conflicts. God, I thought I was having a stroke there for a minute. <laughs> and you could be dangerous to yourself and others. So let's not go down that road. I don't see that. But... All right. 
So then what we're going to do is we'll give you a quick on me. I'm a two. And then we'll see where this goes. My basic fear. Also, twos are empathetic, which I am. Sincere and warm-hearted. They're friendly, generous. Can be sentimental and people-pleasing. We already know that about me, so whatever. My basic fear is being unwanted or unworthy of being loved. My basic desire is to feel loved. Um, two with a one wing, which is not now. Well, that's how I am now. I used to be a two with a three wing, which is a servant now. Or I, two with a one is a servant, where a three was a host. My key motivation is wanting to be loved. Uh, let's see here. We call me type twos are called the helper because they're most genuinely helpful to other people. Um. Twos feel that their best way to live life is to help other people, whatever. When twos are in healthy balance, they are really loving, helpful, generous, and considerate. This is where it gets funny. Um, I actually love reading about the other side. So, however, twos' inner development may be limited by their shadow side, pride, self-deception, and the tendency to become over-involved in the lives of their other friends, and the tendency to manipulate others to get what they need. <laughs> wow. Two's personality structure, which prefers to see itself as only the most positive, glowing in terms. Perhaps the biggest obstacle facing two, three, and fours is their center fear of worthlessness. Average healthy two seek validation for their super egos. Wow, man, I'm doing really good here right now. <laughs> but they believe they must always put others first. To get what they want. The problem with putting out other ones is first is to secretly get angry, resentful, and they repress their feelings. Interesting. So healthy levels, blah, blah, blah. I wanted to read you mine on healthy levels because I think they're funny. So that's what I wanted to read. We already said the self-serving can make belittling, disparaging remarks and can get really aggressive with their behavior. Um... Resentful and angry. Interesting. Yeah. Their aggressions can result in chronic health problems as they vindicate themselves by falling apart and burdening others. So, like, I mean, sometimes I can feel that way. I feel that way sometimes. Like, I just get so worked up that it's when everyone else gets worked up with me. It's very interesting. (laughs) So... Where I was going with this is if I click on this here, which we already talked about today, where it goes. So you're a nine and I'm a two. So it talks about what we bring. Um, we are both interested in nurturing each other and helping people out. Uh, we both tend to be optimistic, reframe disappointments in the best positive way. Our pairing has a warm, kindly, good nature quality about themselves so that each side reinforces. Two nines are easygoing, undemanding, and happy to make friends with people that come into their home. Twos bring to the pair a more outward, interpersonal energy and would like to introduce themselves. Twos are proud of their relationship and are more talkative. On the other hand, nines bring a quiet steadiness and an uncomplicated directness that allows people to flourish and get things done with minimum amounts of stress. 
even if twos become upset or feeling self-doubt, nines have a way of calming them down and providing a great deal of unquestioned acceptance. That you do that for me. This is a freaking wild to me. It is. It's crazy. <laughs> Both are drawn to each other just to provide soothing and support. Their home, their hearth, their pets. You got a dog now. Kind of. <laughs> Love of nature are extremely important to them. Both go out of the way to be considered of each other and as well as other people. Much of their communication is nonverbal. Just simply by being with their presence with each other can help. They develop almost a psychic link. This is a very mellow couple who emphasize hospitality. <laughs> it's, so what I find so weird about this thing is like, we both just took this test separately. And it really does yeah. talk about um, different things within it. And I don't think it all needs to be taken serious. Which is, I always like to have fun with Enneagram. But some of it is, it's a good, um, I think the, the value I find in it is that it's important to understand that not everybody is built the same way. So when you take it, it just kind of opens your eyes a little bit. Allison's a three, a very strong three, mind you. I think she's a three with one wing. So Allison's very driven and she really needs lots of, um, you know, just lots of like, hey, you're doing awesome support and recognition it means a lot to her. And that's a trademark of a three with one wing. So um, it's just an interesting to, if you get a chance to take it and then really think about yourself. I usually use it more self-reflecting and to try to be cognizant of my weaknesses and try not to do that, even though it sounds like this week I have been, which will skip over anyways and then and, um but also i always like to find out what people are i think it's interesting you went from a six to a nine yeah i don't know what happened but i guess i was just in a different mood when i took the test i mean you were under the gun at big boy yeah i was and i think i always like to try to how do i say it almost take it at different times sometimes like when i'm rushed or ha really really happy and other times when i'm really really sad because i think you could when you take those questions you can see how if you're feeling kind of down on yourself you could maybe answer some of them a little bit differently yeah yeah all right any surprises anything that you found interesting no i think it's kind of got me to a t so yeah do you feel like uh did you ask Brooke to take one or has she taken one no, not yet. Interesting. I'd be interested to know what Brooke is. Yeah, maybe I'll send it to her and never take it. <laughs> I like it. All right, you want to pivot right towards top five? Sure, we can do that. Oh, man. Tell the people what they're getting tonight. This week's top five is our top five Eddie Murphy movies. So, it's a lot of good ones. See how this goes. I just want to say, can I make Coming to America 2 my number one pick, even though it's not out yet? <laughs> Coming to Amazon. So. <laughs> All right. Well, you're going to go first. Or do you want me to go first? Do you want the first first pick, or do you want two back-to-back -back picks? I'll let you choose. I'll take the first pick. Okay. And of course, my first pick is going to be Coming to America. 
and I think it's his best movie. So. I gotta think about this. I mean, is his stand-up considered a movie still? Well, I guess it could be. I mean, it was released as a movie. I mean, that's the problem, because Delirious is really good. We both know that. Yeah. And so, so is Raw. Yeah. So those are both really good. But I would think movie-wise, yeah, it is. It's really, really good. So then uh, you've given me the grace of having two back-to-back -back picks. So I'm going to choose a really easy one. So you might as well go ahead and start marking it off. Boomerang is number two. All right. It's fine. Would have that been your number two? No. Interesting. And my number three, Shrek. All right. Two solid picks. Well, you know, I'm going to be honest with this. I probably quote Shrek almost every day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a very quotable movie, yeah. and a lot of it's like well, I'm gonna make waffles, or you know, I'm a donkey on the edge. So all those things I tend to use in my day. So I felt obligated to take, even though there are some better movies that we're gonna talk about. So it's good that I got three more picks coming, and yeah. you have four. So let's hear it. All right. These are going to be two that most people probably aren't going to think of, but number two will be Bowfinger. And I was listening to a podcast last week, and they said that Eddie Murphy should have been nominated for an Oscar for Bowfinger. Bowfinger is seriously legit. Yes. It was a very underrated movie. Can I guess your third movie? Go ahead. Life. No. Okay. That's cool. I'm like this. Number three is The Golden Child. Okay. That is, Golden Child is a good movie. It is. I like it a lot. So. I think part of the problem with The Golden Child is it, it was a true 80s movie. So that's something yeah. we're going to get buried in the 80s. And, and it's just what it is. So. It isn't as... It's more serious than what he was used to back then. So people sort of slept on it. But one of my favorites man alive looking alright so it's Beverly Hills Cop alright so that's my third pick took Shrek, which was something newer. I felt obligated because I really wanted something newer. How the night? Alright. Not bad. Not bad. I felt like I should have taken Harlem Nights before 48 hours, but whatever. Nothing wrong with that. All right. All right. Well, then my number four will be Life. And 
number five will be The Nutty Professor. It's a good movie. It is. Life is pretty quotable, too. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I still use use some of the Nutty Professor. I'm a pony. I'm a pony. Hercules. Yes. (laughs) Man alive. You sure you won't let me take coming to America's too? It's your list, man. I know. Um God dang. Did we say we could take a rod? Technically we could, right? Yeah. I don't know that's how I want to do that though. I feel like it's taking a cheap way out. Hang on, I want to check one thing really quick here. I can edit it. Alright. I'm seeing what this tells. It's This is a top ranking of all-time Eddie Murphy movies. Oh, it's Rotten Tomatoes. Interesting. See, this is the problem with the Rotten Tomatoes. It has uh, recency bias to it. Dolomite is my name is number one. Hmm. I heard it's good. I haven't watched it yet. I haven't either. 48 Hours, Shrek 2, Shrek 1, Trading Places, Mulan. I did think of Mulan. I mean, just because of the dragon. And then Beverly Hills Cop, Bullfinger comes in in the top ten. Good. So, coming to America at number 11. That's some BS. Boomerang and then Life. I mean, like, they're all in the top 20, but I just feel like that's not even real. A lot of these are kids' movies, so, like, I mean, three of the top 10 are Shreks, two Shreks, and a Mulan. Mulan, I'm taking. That's my fifth pick. All right. And I'm all right with that. Yeah. Have you ever watched Mulan? I haven't. Really? Yeah. I don't know why I haven't watched it. Well, you definitely gotta watch it. It's one of my daughter's favorite movies, just because of Mushu, which is Eddie Murphy's guy. So. Right. I'll watch it tonight. I like it. All right. Any honorable mentions? Trading places. Just trading places. Forty-eight hours. Yeah. Forty-eight hours has its problems, but it was still a good movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, it. What does what um, the rewatchable say? It doesn't play well in today's world. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Safe to say. A lot of race issues. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's some uh, interesting things there. So. Alrighty. Well, it was uh, not too long of a pod, but I, I actually think it's perfect. Yeah. So. Short and sweet. Yeah, and I'll get. To, uh, hopefully, we'll get Matt 
um, on next week or soon. What, are you getting to get out there with the fam? Uh, that was it'll just be me, and my parents, Brooke, and Clover Thursday. Okay, cool. Since Stacy and the kids and Carter, well, the kids are in quarantine. Yeah, I understand. Um, I have a FaceTime with my kids at ten o'clock for us to decide what we're gonna do, but. Tough calls, tough decisions to be made, my friend. Yes, yes. I don't know if I told you, but Kelsey's starting an internship at the hospital next month. Is she? It's not paid, though. Huh. Still, good for her. Yeah. It's experience. Yeah, so it's going to be fun in the time of COVID, but if there's somebody up for it, it's her. Yeah. I feel bad for him. She's going <laughs> to kick some ass, take some names, so. Yeah. All right. Good luck, sir. Well, any plans for the weekend? Are the Lions going to win this week? Uh, they've got a good shot, but apparently Houston is favored over them, even though they're playing at home. So it's interesting. I feel like J.J. Watt's going to break Matt Stafford in half. He might. Wouldn't surprise me if he does. I mean, not on purpose. You know, I mean, J.J. Yeah, Watt's not an evil man. So, I mean, it's like. All right. Well, it's good seeing you and talking to you. It's good to see you, too. I look forward to the day we're face-to-face. Yes. It'll happen again someday. I was trying to think if there's uh, any famous athletes that were 29 or 92. Which would be our two enneagram numbers together. Let's do some research. It's got to be a football or a hockey player that we're in twenty nine. Yeah. So. They're a baseball player. Yeah. All right, friend. All right, buddy. All right, I love you too, man. We'll talk to you soon. All right, see ya. Like, ride with me if you ride with me, you can slide with me if you feel like 550 on the five sticky, can get high with me, that's a deal, right? Ride with me if you ride with me, you can slide with me if you feel like 550 on the five sticky, can get high with me, that's a deal, right? That's a deal, right? That's a bet, right? That's a bet, right? That's a deal, right? That's a deal, right? That's a bet, right? That's a deal, right?